Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to our first reading, Psalm 25, and reading for our text, verse 5. Verse 5, lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation, on thee do I wait all the day. Psalm 25 and verse 5. A psalm of David. And he is no doubt very aware of the promises of God right from the beginning of the world that the Lord would teach and instruct his people and cause them to know the way wherein they should walk. Later on, it was to be set forth very clearly in the prophets, in Isaiah, Isaiah 54, and especially this is in the context of the uh, gospel, uh, where uh, we have a beautiful pattern in Isaiah that goes from uh, the sufferings of our Lord Jesus Christ in chapter uh, 53, and then through to the blessings of the Church of God itself. And so we have the uh, prophecies in Isaiah 54 and verse 13, And all thy children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of thy children. And it is this truth that David is relying on the teaching of the Lord. In Paul's epistle to the Ephesians, he uh, speaks of the truth as it is in Jesus. If so be that those Ephesian believers have been taught that. And then we have our Lord referring to that which is spoken of in the prophets, in the Gospel according to John, in chapter 6, verse 45, our Lord says, It is written in the prophets, and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. And we think of our Lord's ministry that was predominantly a teaching ministry and the command to us, the Lord's servants, is go ye into all the world and teach every creature. It is to be teaching the things of God. And in our text is speaking of a teaching that is directly related to experience, actually walking in those truths, experiencing the truths of God. And those two things must surely go together. And we would not think that this is just confined to those that are first seeking the Lord, but to the Lord's dear people themselves. We do not cease to need to be taught and led, but really feel more and more our need of it after we have been quickened into divine life. We need to remember that. 
Well, I want to look with the Lord's help at three points this evening. Firstly, the person making this petition. And we're told at the start of the psalm that it is David. But we have a character that is set forth as well, not just David, but one to whom God is their salvation. Because we read, For thou art the God of my salvation. So the one that is making this petition, God already is the God of his salvation. Then secondly, the petition itself, which is, Lead me in thy truth and teach me. That is the petition. Of course, it does follow on from what is in the previous verse. Show me thy ways, O Lord, teach me thy paths, lead me in thy truth and teach me. That it is particularly this verse, lead me in thy truth and teach me, is laid upon my spirit this evening. Then thirdly, a life consistent with our prayers. David says, On thee do I wait all the day. So there is the prayer, but also he testifies on what he's doing in the day, how he's walking, and we need to be very mindful that we live a life consistent with what we are praying and asking of the Lord. But firstly, the person making this petition, David, or one that is able to say that God is the God of their salvation. It's a blessed thing to realise the privilege of being brought into the fold of God and to realise that the Lord Jesus Christ is as a heavenly shepherd and that he will lead us into his truths. And there are those privileges that follow on after salvation. Salvation is deliverance from hell and delivering to heaven. And it is a soul that is able to bear witness that the Lord Jesus Christ has died for them, has suffered in their place, has then given them spiritual life. They have been called by his grace and they have been brought to realise and to know that God is not just the God of creation and the God that made heaven and earth, but the God of my salvation. And it is very vital that it is a personal knowledge that the Lord is our salvation. Thou art the God of my salvation. I wonder how many of us can rise to this profession and this title, this description that we are in receipt of God's salvation. He has saved us. He has redeemed us. He has shed his precious blood on Calvary's tree for us. He's quickened our souls into 
divine life. Now, of course, this does not uh, exclude the, those who don't have that assurance that they can't use the language that is here. Perhaps it might be that we come to such a uh, text and we testify that we, we do know that there is only one name given among men whereby we must be saved. We may say with dear Peter, when many forsook the Lord, and the Lord said, will he also go away? He says, to whom can we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life, and we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And so there can be, before a personal knowledge of salvation, a persuasion that there is none other name given among men whereby we must be saved. That there is a way of escape from the wrath to come and the only way is through our Lord Jesus Christ. We would be mindful that God does begin with a sinner, not a sinner with God. He which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. It is the Lord that passes by his people when they are in their blood and he bids them live. And so uh, when life is given, when a hearing ear is given, a, a feeling sense of a need of a saviour, when life is given so that spiritual things are felt, things are seen spiritually, the reality of the things of God become a reality and the word of God has an authority in the heart and the desires are then like we have in our text and the prayers like as in our text. So, uh, we would not exclude it just to the Lord's dear people that have this assurance. But we would make this point as uh, to dispel the thought that God's children, well, because they are God's children, they'll always know what to do. They'll always know the truth. They won't have to confess their ignorance, their lack of light, their lack of knowledge. We have the word of God testifying that God's children, when they are brought into the fold, they need feeding with the truth. They need leading. Our Lord in John 10 is very clear that he leads his people. David in Psalm 23, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The idea, David himself being a shepherd, knew what it was to be the leader and director of the sheep under his care. And so the person that is asking this, one of God's children, one that feels their need in this particular matter and who feels to need teaching and need instructing, However long we have been in the way, there be those times we 
sometimes feel more and more ignorant to the things of God, more and more to need the light of God's countenance upon us, that we cannot see without his light. We cannot know without him revealing the things of God to us. And the Lord has said this, without me you can do nothing. And this is one of those things that we will prove that we cannot uh, do anything but need to cry to the God of our salvation. Have we ever considered what a wonderful thing it is to have a God to go to? And that the Lord doesn't say, well, you must meet a set standard. Not like our universities or many things you've got to gain a certain grade or standard before you can uh, be entered in. No, the entrance into life is through faith alone in Christ. And then in that school and in him, then there is all the provision and teaching and instructing that is necessary. And that faith the Lord gives. He is the author and finisher of our faith. And really, uh, the, the psalm of David, it comes in as a beautiful privilege to the children of God. We have in verse 12, What man is he? That feareth the Lord, him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. The psalmist, he knew these precious truths and turned them into prayer and made them a matter of prayer. How many truths of God do we make a matter of prayer? And how many times do our prayers reflect actually what we feel and in this case the ignorance and darkness of our souls. So the first point there, the person making this petition and before we leave it, may we think what kind of a person are we? In our petitions at the throne of grace, in all our asking. What kind of a person are we? Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Secondly then, we have the petition that is to be led and taught. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. The first thing is thy truth. What is the truth of God? What is the psalmist, what is David asking? It is spoken of here as something already that is defined thy truth. And we say in this that especially for the New Testament church, it is the whole of the word of God. Our Lord says, thy word is truth. I have given them thy word and the world hath hated them. But he clearly sets forth, thy word is truth. And 
So when we come to the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, this is what he is asking to be led into. Of course, in David's time, we had not the New Testament, but he's asking to be led into the truth of the Bible, the truth of salvation, thy truth that is revealed in the word of God. And we need to be very clear about that. Many might pray such a prayer as this and yet have very low views of the word of God. Every word of God is pure. All scripture is given by inspiration of God. There is no other revelation. There is no other uh, repository of truth but the word of God. And we must be very mindful that we are not looking in any other place than the Word of God to be led into the truth of God. The second thing is, in the petition itself, it is as personal as what the description of the character was. Remember, we said, the one praying... Thou art the God of my salvation. It's a personal salvation. But the petition is personally as well. This is not praying for other people, not to say we shouldn't. We should pray for others, especially our children, our loved ones, and those that we are concerned over. But this is personal. Lead me in thy truth and teach me how personal are our prayers what things are we asking the Lord to do for us personally the third thing is that it is not just to know but to be led in the truth lead me in thy truth not lead me to thy truth or lead me to know thy truth but lead me in thy truth the truth of God is actually to be walked in it is very practical it applies to us personally it applies to our souls we must come to die we must appear before the judgment seat of Christ we must all give account of the deeds done in the body, whether good or bad, and it is to be led in the truth of God, in thy truth, so that those things that are spoken of, they're not just cunningly devised fables, they're not just things that are known in the head, they're actually what we can be led in and so the petition is not just to know but to be led in it I think when I was in my apprenticeship as a fitter and turner maintenance in a hospital before I went into design engineering and I had a very good fitter uh, that taught me very well hands on on the tools and for the first three years of a four-year apprenticeship, 
He hardly ever let me do anything on my own. He always led me. He always showed me what to do. I had to watch him and then I had to do it and to be taught in that way. On the other hand, at trade school, we were taught the theory of things. And yes, sometimes we, we were using the lathes and using machines as well. So we did have the practical side there. But especially in the workplace, it was to be led in the truth of my profession so that I was actually experiencing it, not just learning about it. It was in it. I always remember when at school we learned sailing and again we did the theory in the classroom. But then we did practical on the sea. And I thought that I knew how to apply all what we'd learned in school. But there came a time in going out at sea and the teachers thought I knew it very well too. And so I had a student with me that really was a very novice in sailing. But then we tried to come turn and to go back to shore and I couldn't turn the boat around. And really I wasn't heading up close enough into the wind. The headmaster could see from the shore, he knew exactly what I was doing wrong. And got a scolding when I got back that I hadn't learnt my lessons well enough. Well, I've never ever forgot that occasion. Really the fear of not being able to turn the boat to the land uh, and until at last it did turn, uh, it has burnt that truth. It was walking in that truth that there's no turning, not with a sailing boat, unless you head it tighter and tighter into the wind, get it going as fast as you can and then cross the wind. And so in the things of God as well, it must not be just taught in the head and to know about the things of God, but actually to be led in thy truth. And together with that, we are taught in this petition that in being led in the truths of God, there is teaching in it. You know how much we view the things that we pass through in life, that there is teaching in it. In many, many things, the Lord will not waste experiences. He won't waste things that we pass through and not use it to teach and instruct us. Now what are some of those things that if the Lord was to answer this petition, what would the answer be? How would we be led in thy truth? One of the truths of God that runs right through, right from Genesis, is the sinfulness of man, the fall of man. In the day that thou dost eat thereof, thou shalt surely die. The spiritual death, and then to be quickened into life. But a child of God will always know that they are sinners. And when we think of David here, David was to know this most painfully. He was a man after God's own heart and yet while king of Israel yet was left to fall and not that this word is to be praying that we might be left to fall, may we be kept from that. But all of God's children 
will know in greater or lesser measure that they are sinners. Him writer says, Sinners can say, and none but they, how precious is the Saviour. It's one of those truths perhaps we might overlook an answer to this prayer in the there is like set forth in Ezekiel, turn again, thou son of man, thou shalt see greater abominations than these. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Those that know it are those that are led in thy truth. By the law is the knowledge of sin. And when the Lord brings his holy sacred law into the heart, then sin is known as the transgression of the law of God. The Apostle Paul was able to speak very clearly how it came about that he was brought to know personally the law of God. He says, I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. And that which was ordained unto life I found to be unto death. The commandment was, Thou shalt not covet. And he wrought in him all manner of concupiscence. And he had to prove that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. And really many of the errors that are in the church of God and in their doctrine of the church of God arises from the fact that those who are speaking those things have never been led into this truth to actually really know what they are as sinners before God. There's some thought they're not quite so bad. There's something in them that has an ability to uh, receive, accept Christ and to do those works that are utterly dependent upon the Holy, truth, Holy Spirit of God. And to be led into the truth that the heart, the natural man, receiveth not the things of God, neither can he know them. They are spiritually discerned. And to know the difference between the spiritual man and the natural man, the new man of grace and the old man of sin, to know in a scriptural way just what the Holy Word of God says about ourselves. One of our hymns says, Nor are men willing to have the truth told. The sight is too killing for pride to behold. But when we have to walk in it, lead me in thy truth. Another one that is closely linked to this, and that is a path that is a humbling path. By nature, we are very, very proud. It's one of our chief sins. It was the pride of man that thought that they could make the decision and follow Satan rather than God. But the pride of man, the word of God, shall be brought down. Those lofty looks shall be brought down. It's not a pleasant thing to have our pride humbled. It's not something that uh, is pleasant at all. There will be things that we are utterly ashamed of, things that we've done, things that we've said, things that we've walked in, 
that we are utterly ashamed of. I no doubt David, when he knew and realised because God said to him that by reason of his actions the way of truth was evil spoken of and that what he had done was before all Israel in his adultery and in his murder. And so how humbling that is. And if the Lord answers this and he truly humbles us and bows our heart hearts to be led in the truth, there will be real things of which we are ashamed of our sin and our ways and our words. Another leading in the truth, in Hebrews 12 we have a mark of sonship that every one of God's children will have and that is chastening and David knew that as well. When he had sinned then the Lord chastened him and corrected him for his sin. The sword did not depart from his house all his days. He had trouble, trouble with his children, trouble in his house. Lead me in thy truth. We would not want to be free from chastening. We would not want to not have the mark of one of God's children. And so to be led in thy truth, to be led in that truth, that the Father chasteneth every son whom he receiveth. Another precious truth to be led into is God's mercy and grace. We read in the opening chapter of John, the law by Moses came, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. We have an illustration of it in the woman that was taken in adultery. She was led into this truth to know the mercy of the Lord. Those that came and brought her before the Lord, they said, Moses in the law commanded that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? And he said to them, let him that is without sin first cast a stone at her. And then he just wrote on the ground, was silent. And they were convinced in their own consciences and walked out. And when their Lord lifted himself up and saw no man, he said to the woman, Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And he said, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And she proved the grace and mercy of the Lord. She proved also that sin is to be repented of and to be turned away from. She would never have forgotten that occasion and how she was accused and how the Lord dealt with the matter. And so we also need to know that. David, as he finishes Psalm 23, he says, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And he knew that because of the truths that he'd been led into and those things that he'd known. Another truth to be led into is the sufficiency of grace. The Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet him. He'd been greatly favoured in his soul. 
He realised that he could have been so lifted up with pride over those revelations and the blessings and God had given him something to balance it. And yet he cried to the Lord, take away this, uh, this messenger of Satan, this thorn in the flesh. And the Lord said, no, my grace is sufficient for thee. We might have those afflictions and trials and things that we would not. Ask the Lord to take them away, deliver us out of them. The Lord says, no, I'll give you grace to be able to bear it, to be able to walk with that trial and in that way. Another thing, then that we are led in the truth and taught in that, that God's grace is sufficient, taught the value of chastening. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous, nevertheless afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness to them that are exercised thereby. Another leading in thy truth is that our own righteousnesses are as filthy rags. All of our works, even our good works, they're stained and died with sin. And then led into that truth that the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ is spotless and pure. And that the Lord views his people. His people says, I am black, but comely. And the word of the Lord through Jeremiah says, This is the name wherewith he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. And then for the church of God, this is the name wherewith she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Blessed, says our Lord, are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And is to be led into that and to realise painfully that our righteousness is not sufficient to stand before Almighty God. And we trembled at the thought of standing before God giving account of all of our deeds and all of our life, all brought before God and men. But what a blessed thing to realise that it is the precious blood of Christ that atones for all sin and blots out our transgressions. And it is the robe of Christ's righteousness that fits us for heaven and to stand before his throne. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. To be led in the truth of the protection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, thinking of the shepherd theme, our Lord speaks of the security of his sheep being in his hand and his Father's hand. And Paul in Romans 8 speaks of how he is persuaded that nothing shall separate between us and the love of God. And so it is the Lord's protection that we are to prove through life and to be taught our need of the Lord's protection. Except the Lord keep the city, they uh, watch the watchman watcheth in vain.
there's many, many precious things that would be an answer to this prayer. The feeding of the people of God, spiritual food, the delighting in Christ, delighting in his word, in all the truths of the word of God, to walk in them, to put tried and proved next to them, and to testify that the Lord has taught us these things and that we've actually walked in them. I think we mentioned in prayer, a man that was born blind, one thing I know, whereas I was blind, now I see. A truth led into a truth that he'd walked out. Lead me in thy truth. And teach me. The teaching of the Lord is actually walking in the truth that the Lord then leads us into. The idea here is the Lord is the teacher. It's not like a child that would go to school and say to the teacher, I want to learn this and this and this. And you teach me this now and then that bit later. There's no specifying here. David wants the Lord to lead him in his truth and the choice of what truths he leads into and when and where and what depth is left with the Lord. But he does want to be taught as he walks in the truths of God. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. And the warrant that he has, or what is strengthening him to make that petition, is that thou art the God of my salvation. And this should be an encouragement to us each that the Lord is our God, who has quickened us by his grace, that we can pray that same petition, however weak and poor and ignorant we may feel, however small in the truth we may feel, to ask the Lord this, lead me in thy truth and teach me, and that he would choose. He shall, what man is he that feareth the Lord, him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. I want to look then lastly at a life consistent with our prayers. Our text says, Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. He's speaking of his life and it matches his petitions. Waiting upon the Lord. Waiting upon the Lord in prayer, as the very verse, the text is. But waiting upon the Lord, watching his hand. Seeking to walk in a way that is spiritually minded, not carnally minded, which is death. When the prayer is made, there's the expectancy all the day long that the Lord will answer it, that there 
will be those things done. And he'll notice it. He'll see it. Is this is the case? How often we are so inconsistent, so stop-start, as it were, in our serving the Lord. On thee do I wait, not some of the day, but all the day. And really that same emphasis is on the other scriptures continue in prayer and watch in the same. And it's speaking of a consistency of life with the petitions that we offer up. It's not offering the petitions up and then going away as if we never asked anything of the Lord. How easy we can do that. How we need to be uh, consistent. May our all our life, our ways, our prayers suggest, come and dwell within my breast. Fleeing or seeking that grace and help to flee from sin and from evil and taking heed to the word. We spoke as the truth of God as being the word of God. And when the Holy Spirit brings it to our remembrance, when he impresses it upon our hearts, then we are to be obedient unto that word. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word. We are not just to expect from this just the power of God outside of the word, as if he would make us to be like a mechanical thing that leave us oppressed and we just do what God impresses us to do. In Psalm 32 we read, Be thou not as the horse or as the mule, which hath no understanding, whose mouth must be held in with bit and bridle, lest they come nigh unto thee. The word is, Thou shalt, uh, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way that thou shalt go, I will guide thee with mine eye. And so in the leading in the truth of God and to be taught is to hear the word of the Lord. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. It's not being forced, it's being made willing and it's hearkening and listening to the word of God and be given an obedience to that word. And may that be part of what we have an eye to in our petitions, that we be led into that truth that the Lord will make us willing and make us obedient, make us holy and make us to be followers of the Lord and followers of his people and realise the means that God uses to bring about the answer to our prayers. Lead me in thy truth and teach me. What a blessing it is to have a tender conscience. What it is a blessing to realise the Lord puts forth power with the word and answers our prayers in a way consistent with his word. 
And that is, thy word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. And as we are led in the truth of God and taught in that way, we'll prove the blessing of the teaching and light of the word of God. And so this is a a simple but very comprehensive prayer. And may we help to pray. Help to be the one that prays that's described here. Who has for their God the God of salvation. And whose prayers are not inconsistent with their life or their life not inconsistent with their prayers. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. The Lord add his blessing. Amen.